Morning. Praise God. Go church. Give me a go shout. <laughs> Where are we going to go? To the highways, byways, and the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Global Outreach Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia, where... <laughs> Hallelujah. Where vision statement is building a Jesus community to serve the world. So I want to welcome all of you that are in the sanctuary this morning. Thank you so much for coming. And for those of you that's joining us online, we welcome you, we thank God for you, and we pray that you're going to go and go and go and go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as you can see, I have some special guests in the house this morning. They had wanted to be here even last Sunday, but I told them just chill. Uh, you know, they, they can join us this morning because they want to celebrate with us. They want to uh, just uh, be a part of what we're doing here, the rebranding. This is Sons in Ministry. Uh, to my extreme left here, I have Pastor Melvin Womack. And his beautiful wife, Julia Womack. They are the set ministry at End Time Harvest Christian Center in Warner Robins, Georgia. And I'm telling you, they are doing it. They are on it. They are on it. God is really helping them. And of course, traveling with them is Doug and Val Womack. <laughs> And also right here up front next to Pastor ABK is Dr. Akin Ayeni. Who is also the set minister at Lighthouse for All Nations in Marietta, Georgia. It's good to have you, man. It's good to have you. And, and actually, Bishop David Adoye had intended to be here, but his ticket was already on his way, and then he took suddenly sick. So that's the only reason it's not here. So Bishop, we send you go love. <laughs> Hallelujah. We love you. We thank God for you. But he sends its congratulations to us and his love. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, let's get ready this morning. This morning I want to speak on walking the new brand. Amen. Walking the new brand. I look at that clock. You guys are already cheating. Uh, the clock... I mean, everything I said before now should not even count. So you, whoever is walking the clock, go ahead and reset that clock. Thank you very much. <laughs> Pierre, if you can redo that, maybe we get the Philadelphia Eagles uh, a chance in the NFL in the playoffs. Okay? All right. So uh, this morning, I'm doing walking the new brand. As I was just thinking about this whole message and this whole uh, concept, uh, God took me back to 
my days at TBL, that's the Bible League, uh, an organization that's based out of Illinois. And so from 1996 to 2001, I ran their West African ministries. And in that period of time, we experienced 23,703 I mean, adult baptisms. We planted 755 new house churches, and 50,000 people completed a Bible study for the first time. Now, 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 why am I giving you this information? As I was thinking about this whole message, I remembered how we did it. And that's going to segue into my message this morning. We had a booklet, an evangelistic booklet, that we used to challenge and bring people into Bible studies in discovering who God is. The booklet was titled, Who is God? So we didn't knock doors and say, you need to be born again, no. We just have this booklet that says, who is God? And we engaged people and said, do you really want to, do you want to know who God is? And so there are a series of questions and studies in that booklet that helped those who participated, in fact, we call it Project Philip, those who participated to understand who God was and make a decision. Now, as I was thinking about this message this, this, message this morning, it occurred to me that as effective as that project was in trying to help people discover God, if I knew what I knew today, we would have added another portion to that lesson. And that is, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the scriptures opened with bringing us an understanding of who God is. I know God as the God of love, God is faithful, God is holy, blah, 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 blah. All of that is correct. But when you read Genesis 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Full stop. You want to know who God is? God is a creator. Now, I'm going somewhere with that. A few weeks ago, we just celebrated Christmas. And one of the principal figures in the birth of Jesus was Joseph, his earthly father. Now, the Bible describes Jesus in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, as the carpenter. And then in Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, he describes Joseph as also a carpenter. Now, if I was God trying to birth Jesus into the earth, which household or families will I have chosen for him to come from? Think about this. God could have chosen to bring forth his son, Jesus, in a household of a priest like John the Baptist, who would have been devoted to praying from day one. Or he could have chosen to bring him forth in a household of a Pharisee like Apostle Paul, where he would pour over scriptures on end, over and over and over and over. But no, God didn't choose any of those. 
He didn't. Remarkably, God chose to bring Jesus through the house of a carpenter. Now, the Greek word tekton, T-E-K-T-O-N, that Greek word tekton, is what we understand as the word carpenter. And the full understanding of the meaning of that word means craftsman or one who creates things for others. <laughs> so God chose to bring forth his son through a carpenter who created things for others. Now, why am I not so surprised about this? Why is this not so earth-rending revelation? It isn't because God chose to bring his son to the earth in a similar manner or through a similar profession as he got himself is. So Jesus' earthly father and his heavenly father were one of the same occupation. Both of them worked. Both of them are productive. And both of them created things. Hallelujah. And if you understand the custom of that time, it was not as if Joseph was just a carpenter and Jesus could do anything else. By tradition, the children engaged in the profession or the occupation of their parents. That's why Mark 6 verse 3 can tell us that Jesus was the carpenter. So it's a pastor, where are you going with all of this? Well, I'm glad you're asking. The point is, work as we know it isn't beneath the God of the Bible. It is an essential part of who he is and who we are as his image bearers. So for me and you as a believer, the work you do isn't secular or secondary. It is good and it is godlike. So do it in line with his character, with excellence, with love, with sacrifice, with justice and beauty as a response of worship to him. Now, Please give me Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. I've shown you that God is a creator. He's a worker. He's productive. Jesus tells us in John chapter 5, my father worketh and I work. So we know that God is in the working business. And we have the account of God's creation in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. What is missing in that account is what God did not create. Give me this verse in the Amplified Classic, please. Thank you. Thank you very much. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. 
Now, let me just talk, take a pause. Leave the scripture on. Let me take a pause. When we read that scripture in the, time, in the past, and you, hear, you read the word subdue, what do you think about? Many of us think about demons. We're going to subdue this demon. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Let's read it again. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. And subdue it. What was there to subdue in an earth that nobody was living in? If we use our natural or common definition of subdue, who's there to subdue? Nothing. But look at the Amplified. Amplified defined for us the word subdue. It says, using all of its vast resources in the service of God and man. Don't miss that. So subduing is not just chasing a demon. There was no demon to chase. If anything, God was giving a clearing call and empowering Adam and Eve for something greater. Subdue, Adam. Use all the vast resources I've given you in the service of God and man. Now, I went to the uh, Merriam-Webster's 1828 dictionary to look at that word subdue. Miriam Webster was a Christian. And in particular, the 1820 dictionary is a classic. If you don't have it, you need to get it. This is describes the word subdue. Four definitions it gives. It gives. Number one, to conquer and bring into subjection. So in this, in this passage, what was there to conquer and bring to subjection? Nothing. Number two, to bring under control, especially by an exertion of the will. Number four, number three, to reduce the intensity or degree of, to tone something down. But the last one is the one I like, and the one that fits what we're talking about. It says, to bring land under cultivation. To subdue when God was speaking to Adam and Eve. He was sent to them. Adam, I created the animals, but I did not name them. That will be your job. Adam, I created land masses, but I'm not going to build your roads. Adam, I created the stars and put them in the sky, but I'm not going to make a telescope for you. What's the point I'm making? God gave us the essential tools. And he now empowers you and I as his image bearers, as his co-creators, to say, now go out based on the vast resources I've given you and begin to cultivate, cultivate medicine, cultivate businesses, cultivate government, cultivate, cultivate, develop, enhance, cultivate. So if we are waiting for someone to come and do something, you need to understand you already have the resources in you to do it. We are just not cultivating properly. Now, so God created Adam and Eve and empowered them. And since then, he has been empowering men all over the earth. And that's why 
our civilization continues to improve because men are using the resources that they have. Amen. This morning, uniquely, as we went through a rebrand, I also, in my stance, as set ministry, want to empower. Please, or don't bring my wife to the platform. Thank you. This is a unique service. Today, I want to empower Larry Omanaye as the executive pastor of this church. If you just sit down there for a minute. <laughs> I would like for Sumba or Manaye to join him, please. I can tell you he does not know, he did not know this was going to happen. Yeah. You guys may be seated. I didn't tell him, I didn't warn him, I didn't prepare him. Because that was God's instruction to me. Yeah. We tried to tiptoe around him and, you know, and we did all we can and uh, God helped us. Yeah. But I must let you know that uh, accomplice to this uh, coup d'etat was uh, uh, his best friend and uh, his next of kin and his spouse, Olasumbo Monai. <laughs> I'm confessing everything here now because I don't want any sin on my, on my behalf. <laughs> but seriously, in January of 2021, actually January 17th to be precise, I sent a letter to all of you guys. And in that letter, on the, in the fourth paragraph, I explained to you how we had purposed to ordain and install Pastor Lanry Omanaye as of September 2020. But because of COVID, we had to abandon, abandon the plan. And in that letter, I said, I will do it at the next opportunity when we are having our end person services. So I'll give you a hint. Just like God did for us in Genesis chapter 3, when he said that the seed of man, the seed of woman will crush your head of the seed of woman. <laughs> i give you a hint. Now, some of you may wonder, okay, pastor, why did you not prepare the church? Why did you not tell us what's going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. Let me take you to the scriptures. Because I don't ever want to do anything in this house without being able to support it with the Bible. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, in verse 1, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. First of all, if I had told him, he would have tried to talk me out of it. So I saved myself an aggravation. 1 Samuel chapter 16, in verse 1, if I can find my scripture, 
Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long would you mourn for, mourn for, son, for Saul, rather, since I have rejected him from the land of Israel, fill your horn with oil and go, I'm sending to the house of Jesse, Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Verses 4 and 5. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? Verse 5. And he said, peaceably I have come to the sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 10. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen this. Now, I read this text to show you that when David was going to be anointed to become king of Israel, Nobody had any notice. Even Samuel got a memo as God was going to do it. He went to the house of Jesse. Oh, no, he didn't go to the house. He went to the sacrifice and he invited Jesse. Just as we are here in service and our personality is invited. <laughs> and the prophet began to go down the list. Is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? And God finally said, no, 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 no. And as we know the story, Jesse brought David in. So Jesse, the father, had no notice. And David definitely did not have any notice because he was found taking care of sheep. Amen? Amen. No notice. Folks, I'm asking you to trust me Amen. as I trust God. So, Pastor Larry, your day has come. Yeah. He's been serving in this role since December of 2019. So really, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, this is enough time to have proven his medal. Uh, they've been here in the ministry now for years. I don't, even know, I don't even want to guess. But let me just give you the highlight of Pastor Larry and Sumbo's ministry here. In 2004, him and, I, him and I went to a pastor's fellowship in Atlanta, Georgia. And in that fellowship, a pastor raised an issue where she, well, not a pastor, a prophet, a prophetess. She's a prophetess. They were having... Uh, a gathering, and they needed direction and leadership. And she voiced that in the meeting and was asking us if any of us will have a pastor or someone we can recommend to come and pastor them. This place was called 11th Hour Ministry in Fayetteville, Georgia. Pastor Larry and Sumba took that assignment in 2004 and a pastor that church for four years. When the assignment was over, I asked them, actually I begged them, go and start a church in Marietta. Is that correct? He said, no. He said, I'm coming back. And they came back. You see, 
a servant will only serve when it's convenient and they'll take their leave. But a son remains in the house. And so, go church, we are fortunate. For God to send us a person that is his own choice, a man that is temperate, yes. calm in the middle of storms, yes. tremendous wisdom, yes. full of integrity. Yes. I am blessed. Yes. My wife is blessed. Yes. Go church, we are all blessed. Now, now, some of you may ask, how do these roles work together? Pastor Bank, what are you doing? Are you retiring? Are you going to Hawaii and just do, I, I, I wish I can go to Hawaii or someplace like that, but, but seriously, seriously, I'm here. I'm still here. Yes. I'm still set ministry. Yes. He is coming into a role and position of executive pastor. Amen. And so I'm going to show you now how these two roles work together. Because there are some of you say, oh, two heads is a monster. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> are you serious about that? Every home that God created, there's a husband and a wife. Yes. Two authority figures, but functioning in different roles. Yes. You have Moses and Aaron. Yes. Yeah. You have Moses and Joshua. You have Paul and Silas. Paul and Barnabas. God sends them out two by two. God is in the plurality ministry. And if any of that is not enough for you, about the Trinity? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Are they fighting? No. They understand their roles and they function in harmony, not in discord. Amen? How the set ministry and executive pastor roles work. Number, move on. Number one, my role is to cast the vision. Amen. Building a Jesus community to serve the world. That's my role. Yeah. The executive pastor, what does he do? He creates strategy. And number two, for EP, no, for the EP, you are okay, yeah. Bring the EP in now. Thank you. He creates strategy and execution of that vision. And then, of course, I teach. Number three, leadership. And lastly, number four, oh, number three, just go on, go on, go on, go on. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Thank you. Thank you. Leading the senior leadership. Let, let, let me take a pause right here. Let me take a pause to explain this properly. As the executive pastor at Go Church, Pastor Larry has the right and deserves the privilege of choosing those who will serve with him. Yes. No, 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 no. I, I don't think you guys got it. I don't think you guys got it. 
He deserves the privilege of calling to himself those he wants to put in various positions of ministry because at the end of the day, when I'm asking him how are things going, I don't want the Adam answer, the man and woman you gave me. <laughs> in professional sports, when a coach is hired, all of the assistants of the previous coach, what happens? You hold territory. They're all gone. Because the new coach needs the free hand of bringing people on board with him that he feels will best serve the mission he has undertaken. So I want all of us to understand that. Amen? And then, of course, number four, culture. Culture. How are we going to do what we want to do? This rebranding. How? How? How are we going to do it? He's going to daily train us, develop us, and coach the culture that we want to see at Go Church. Amen? Amen? Go with me to Luke chapter 2. So that explains how we function. Luke chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you're all right. You, you get a chance to experience what I experienced. <laughs> Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now watch this. If you had an earth-shattering news that you want to announce to the world, who would you share it with? Maybe news media, maybe a journalist, maybe a politician, depending on what the news is. You want to share the news with someone that has the greatest leverage of getting the news out. Not so with God. That's amazing to me. The Son of God was about to be born. And God decided to announce this to shepherds. Of course, when Jesus rose from the dead, we saw that in John chapter 20, John chapter 21. Who did he reveal himself? To a woman. So we have two unlikeliest groups of people according to ancient Jewish history, to receive the news of the birth and the news of the resurrection. Shepherds and women. Now, just let me, let me help you bridge the gap with the ancient Jew Jewry. The average Jew of ancient history, he was obliged to pray three blessings every day. The first one, he would say, Thank God you did not make me a Gentile. The second one, thank God you didn't create me a woman. The third one, thank God you did not make me a slave. Every Jew prayed that prayer every day for time immemorial. That's why Paul in Galatians 3.28, 
in correcting that notion I'm thinking, he said, for there's neither male or female, neither Greek nor Jew, bond nor free, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going somewhere with this thought. God chose to share this big news with the lowliest vocation on the earth, shepherds. Let's read verses 16 and 17, the same chapter. Luke chapter 2. And then I break it down, and then we'll, we'll be almost done. Luke chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. And they came with haste. These shepherds, they got the news. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Verse 17. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known, thank God for faithfulness, they just didn't hear it and keep it. They didn't sit on a can. They heard it and made it what? Widely known. The saying which was told them concerning the child. Yeah. Why did God choose shepherds and women? Because both shepherds and women are in the caregiving business. They are caregivers. Shepherds give care to their sheep yeah. and women nurture and care their infants and their babies. Uh, we see Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 and 37. Give that to me in the NLT. Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 through 38. Thank you. NLT, please, if you can find it. Thank you very much. When he saw the crowds, Jesus here. He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. How did he describe this multitude? Like sheep without a shepherd. Don't ever forget that. Underline that in your Bible. Now, because he saw this multitude were like sheep without a shepherd, he chose to do something about it. What did he do? Verse 37. He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So, pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. Oh, Pastor Bank, what are you, what are you getting at? In verse 36, he told us, they are like sheep without shepherds. But when he prayed, when he told us to pray, he said, pray for workers. What's the point I'm making? Shepherds are workers. One person got it. It's equating for us in those verses. Because this multitude, they are like sheep without a shepherd. They need shepherd. They need shepherd. But instead of, instead of saying pray for a shepherd, it's a pray for workers. Go church. God is going to entrust to us a harvest of people. And in order for us to be faithful to the harvest committed to us, we need shepherds. We need workers. What do shepherds do? They nurture. They care. In fact, Jesus told us a parable in Luke 15, the parable of the lost sheep. He said, if a man 
has a hundred sheep. And he discovers that one is missing. Does he not leave the 99 and go out and fetch the one that's missing? Notice what they said there. Suppose a man. He didn't even say a shepherd. So we see a man, a shepherd, and a worker being the same thing. <laughs> oh my God. I'm having a rapture here, man. Now you guys, you guys, I don't know if you guys are following. If a man, suppose a man has 100 sheep and one is missing. Is he not going to leave 99 to go pursue the one? That's the kind of culture we want to cultivate at Go Church in 2022 and beyond. We want to be a loving church, a caring church, a nurturing church, a church that empowers its people, a church that makes Jesus famous. And so now, Personally, please bring your wife. Yes. Somebody's looking at me. I ask one of our Pardon me? Oh. She's whispering to me. Let me hear your whisper. Is it here? Sir, you came here in a jean jacket. Can we put you in a regular suit jacket now? For this occasion? Get it for him. Get it for him. Somebody get it. Where is it? <laughs> His wife wants it done excellently. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey. We get one chance to roast him. Let's do it now. <laughs> ah, look at this. Oh. <laughs> come up, come up, come up, come up, come up. You look dapper, man. <laughs> That's what help mates do. That's right. Amen. Amen. Please, Pastor Melvin Womack, Julia Womack, Dr. Ayeni, Pastor IBK. You heard your name? I said Pastor IBK. You know, come up here to the platform. Pastor Nitete. Okay. Can you just move to the center, sir? I also understand that one of the men that encouraged Pastor, uh, Pastor Larry in the ministry over the years is also in the audience. Pastor Obanero, would you please join us? Mm -hmm. 
Thank you very much for coming. This journey. Before I uh, go into the business, I just want to ask if you guys have a word, a prayer, a prophecy, any utterance before we do what we need to do. Anybody? I'm sorry I didn't prepare you guys ahead of time, but that's, that's the way the Holy Ghost works. If you have to think deep about it, it may just not be God. Uh, the thing that's in my spirit is that God spoke to Jeremiah and told him uh, that he knew him before he was in his mother's womb. So while this may be a surprise to some of us, it's not a surprise to God. Amen. So we just, we're thanking God for, for this landing pad of what has already happened in eternity. Oh, glory to God. So we, we just appreciate God. We're so happy to be here, to be a part of this. We know we've already sensed the call that's on your life. And, uh, and when this man lays hands on you, things start happening. So we just thank God for eternity coming now, today, and manifesting itself in your life and in your wife's life. And then and go church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Anybody else? Go and go. Yes. Yes, I, I, um, as I was about to come uh, yesterday, God gave me uh, a prayer for you huh. that uh, when you mind the pulpit, grace will be poured out of your lips. And the word that will come out of your lips will be seasoned with salt in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First Chronicles in chapter 28 in verse 11 and 12 David was anointing Solomon to become the next king of Israel the Bible says then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the vestibule its houses its treasuries its upper chambers, its inner chambers, and the place of the mercy seat. And the plans of all he had by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. I've given to Pastor Larry the plan yes. and the vision that God has given for this house Amen. by the Spirit. Amen. And we're going to pray over him now to be endowed with the wisdom and this strategy for whatever God wants to do and how God wants to take this next phase of the ministry. Amen. David went on to pray. 
in verse 19 of the same chapter, 1 Chronicles 28, verse 19. It says, All this, said David, the Lord made me understanding in writing by his hand upon me all the works of this plan. Now, the next thing David says, and Larry, I want you to listen very carefully here. And David said to his son Solomon, in this case to Larry, be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. Hallelujah. He will not leave you, nor forsake you, until you, Larry, have finished all the work of the service of the house of the Lord. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, and we use this as a prayer point. Here are the divisions of priests and Levites for all the service of the house. In other words, all the manpower, human resources that you need to get the job done, God is making it available to you now. Amen. Every willing craftsman will be with you for all manner of workmanship, for every kind of service. Also, the leaders and all the people will be completely at your command in Jesus' name. Can we just come around here? The next day, somebody. Congregation, if you just stand up and set forth your hands and agree with us in prayer. Lord Jesus, this has been a journey that's been unveiling itself since 2018. Here we are. The second Sunday of January 2022. This is the man of the which you spoke to step into this office as executive pastor, serving with the cooperation and the wisdom that is helped meet supplies, Sumba. And so today, Father God, in Jesus' name, in the presence of these elders, and the congregation, it gives me great pleasure to confirm what you already ordained. Yes. Before he was ever born, you ordained this moment. Yes. And Father, we rejoice with heaven yes. as we confirm your ordination and installation of Larry into the office of executive pastor. Yes. That the wisdom for service is already deposited in him. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, yeah. the unction and the anointing for service yeah. will be at his command. Yeah. In the name of Jesus, you speak words of edification, words of revelation, yeah. words of instruction that will guide your people into their next phase, next level of prosperity, next level of thriving, next level of excellence in the name of Jesus. As you are with me, so you will be with him. 
to watch over him, to keep him. He will not stumble. He will not fall. He will not make a mistake. In the name of Jesus, he will not go to the left, nor to the right, but he will be guided by the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, there will be no scandal in his household. In the name of Jesus, the enemy will not be able to, to, to disqualify him in any way. In the name of Jesus, we send notice to the principalities and powers, to spiritual wickedness in high places, to the rulers of the darkness of this world. In the name of Jesus, victory is of Larry Obanaye. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for this victory which you wrought in and through Christ Jesus. He walks in your victory. He walks in your wisdom. He walks in your integrity. Oh, Father God, he will not lack any good thing. All of the resources that he will need to get the job done, we receive for him now. In the name of Jesus, money follows him now. In the name of Jesus, we receive it, Lord. We thank you, Father God. Technology, marketing, whatever is needed, we receive by faith. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for this addition to the ministry. Thank you, Father God. You said one can chase a thousand, but two can chase ten thousand. And Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the exponential increase in progress, in victory in this house at God Church. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Papa. We honor you. And Father God, we pray for his wife likewise. His helpmate. Lord God, that you give him, give her the wisdom to speak words in season to his ears when he needs to hear them in the name of Jesus. My Lord and my God, I thank you that she grows even in the knowledge of the Lord her God, that she's a able companion to this gift, and that together they are making and walking in your progress. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you bless her beyond and above her wildest imagination in the name of Jesus. That contagious hospitality spirit that you've given her, that allows us to bring, that allows her to bring others to close herself. Lord, increase it in the name of Jesus. Enable her beyond her wildest imagination. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. That she will not labor in vain, but she will reap the reward, the reward of the faithful in the name of Jesus. Thank you for their children. The enemy cannot touch come near them. We place your hedge of protection around Olasomi and Adebari in the name of Jesus. God, that you watch over them, that you keep them in their going in and coming out. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father God, as they study. God calls them to excel, calls them to have favor with God and with man. In the name of Jesus, we give them your peace. He said, your spirit is with us and your word is with us. The spirit will continue with our children and our children's children. And that by no means will your peace, covenant of peace will ever be removed. And so Father, we confer your covenant of peace upon Lani and Sumba upon their children and upon this entire congregation in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Papa. We honor you. We bless you. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. overhead no okay because uh, this was only on us need to know basis you cannot pass this information to the projection team <laughs> because it will have found out and so this is your certificate of ordination it reads world outreach missions inc certificate of ordination this is to certify that larry omanoye having proved his divine gift and calling to the ministry of the gospel of Christ and being dedicated to said calling according to the word of God and having met the standards prescribed by World Outreach Missions Inc. has been set apart and ordained to the ministry of the gospel on the ninth day of January 2022. <laughs> we hereby recognize his divine ordination and confer upon him all the rights and privileges of an ordained minister, including the authority to preach, teach, conduct services, and administer ordinary. You're already doing this, but we just want to. And really, I love this. So this certificate is inside this. This is a relay race. You are about to receive the button to be discharged as the executive pastor. Receive your button. <laughs> and this is something we've never done before because we've never been here before. So there are two things happening. Ordination as a minister and then the installation as executive pastor. And this plaque, I don't even have one like this, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> this plaque is the certificate of your installation for Go Church. Yeah. Go Church. <laughs> this is to certify that Larry Omanaye having been ordained and has been regularly elected and installed as the executive pastor at Global Abbey Church. And so now, for a response from the congregation. Hallelujah. Pastor Larry, we thank God for you. Yes. 
We. Go church. We are delighted. We are excited. We are impassioned to serve along with you as our Father in this house has served throughout the nations. And so, go church. Please rise up if you're able to. We are prayerfully going to respond that the same grace of God that God gave to our father in this house, to Pastor Bank. And as he has passed on that baton of the executive pastorship of this local <laughs> assembly. See, we are acting locally, but we are thinking. So, saints of God, stretch forth your hands to heaven even as we reach out and ask God to help us, to give us the grace to uphold the hands of Pastor Lanre and Sumbo Omonaye, even as they take Global Outreach Church to a new dimension to the glory of his name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We, your people, we line up with that which you are doing. We thank you, Father Lord, for that which you have done in and through the set ministry of this house. Father Lord, it is you that has done it. And so, Father, we, your people of Global Outreach Church, we stand forth. We ask you, Father Lord, with your help, with your grace, to enable us, to empower us, to serve alongside our executive pastor. Lord Almighty, we receive gifts, Father Lord, of all kinds, enablement of finances and everything that he shall need to even take us to a new dimension in you. Lord Almighty, we pledge to serve alongside him. We pledge to cooperate with the giftings, Father Lord, that you have put in us to enable him and his wife to accomplish that which you desire to do in this local ministry. And so with your help, Father Lord, we thank you. We respond in kind, knowing that you who have begun this good work, you who is continuing it, that you are more than able, Father Lord, to take us to that place of perfection in you. We give you the glory. We give you the praise, Lord. The honor belongs to you and all the adoration belongs to you as we are prayed with thanksgiving and everybody in agreement with me said, Go church! First of all, before I um, do anything, I just want to thank God. I want to thank Pastor Bank, and I want to thank everybody that is here, and everybody that, um, in the audience and in the congregation. Um, and across the world, everybody all over watching us. And uh, um, really, this was a complete surprise to me. I didn't know anything was going on until this morning when Lamedian Revelation drove me away from the, from the other side there. I was, and they were saying, you are not supposed to be here. I was like, okay. I was, so I left. I came. 
and I, and I was here. And um, only for me to see Pastor Emmanuel this morning, I was like, what is going on? Uh, most of you don't know, but Pastor Emmanuel has been, uh, has been a father to me right from when I got born again. I got filled with the Holy Ghost with him. You know, he was the one that laid hands on me to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the very first time I was going to be on the pulpit, it was with him. That I was, very, very first time that I was going to be on the pulpit, it was with me. Um, the first leadership experience I had was with him. Um, that was heading a cell group. The cell group was in his house. They just transferred it to Lagos at the time, you know, from Kaduna to Lagos at the time. And they were looking for somebody who was going to take over. He handed me over the, <laughs> and we had the group meeting in his house. Every milestone I've had in my spiritual journey had, you know, he had been present. He had been involved and he had been a mentor and a father and all of that to me and, and to many other people. And also I saw uh, two other people who are my friends. Uh, there's Tunde here and I'm wondering what is he doing here? And I was asking my wife, what, is, what are they doing here? Uh, Tunde, Tunde, is, Tunde is here and uh, Tunde and I were born the same day. You know, he was only born, he was born in the, um, he was born in the morning or in the afternoon, I was born at night. We attended primary school together. Um, we attended, uh, we, we served together. We studied the same course without planning and all of that. So when I saw him here, I was like, what's he doing here? And I was asking him, what, what are they doing here? And then I have my longest standing friend here also, uh, uh, Benga is here. And what are they all doing? There's something. <laughs> so I was confused, but I said, okay, maybe it was just a coincidence. But um, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what to say other than, sir, I appreciate the confidence you have reposed in me. And um, uh, like I said, you know, uh, anything I do, I want to bring 120% in. I, I want to be able to serve um, nine days in a week. And 30 hours a day, if I can. So, like I've, like I've told you before, I'm here. And one thing that most people don't know, the first time I saw Pastor Bank was in Lagos. He was preaching, he was preaching at Christ Chapel in Lagos. Yeah, many, that was in the early 90s or thereabouts. And, this thing. and I, I'm sure I've told you. And that was when he told me to go to Mereta, I refused to go. Because I knew what God told me in 1990 at the time. And God told me that I was going to work for this man. That was then, many years ago, when he came for all those. You brought those mission books, those, those big mission books and all of that to, to yes. And, and, and that was in Christ Chapel. And so I've had every reason to leave, but because I just stayed on what, you know, God told me in those days that, um, that um, I was going to, you know, uh, walk with him and all of that. So he told me to go to Mireta and go and start something. I said, I hear you, but I'm going to remain. That's, that's all I know, whatever it is that, that, you, that you wanted to give me, that's it that, and all of that. And I just want to, you know, uh, recommit myself, you know, to God and to his service. And then, you know, recommit myself to the service with you and here in this body. That I will do everything that God enables me to do. To be able to make sure that we fulfill God's purpose and God's counsel for our lives. So, other than that... Uh, my wife has a recording with me today. <laughs> but other than that, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, and God bless. Okay, we're gonna go back to our seats. Bless you.
Thank you.